Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take a look into risk management and insurance coverage within the trucking industry. According to the American Transportation Research Institute, insurance costs is one of the most five pressing issues for fleets. The price of insurance through premiums gives many managers and owners pause when dealing with their budgets. For small and larger fleets, and even the owner-operators, the high rates put the squeeze on operational costs as well as the profits. So for this episode, we'll ask the question, what can fleets and trucking companies do to best handle their insurance costs, and what type of factors to consider when doing so? For these answers, we'll speak to Jane Jezrawi, CEO of Carrier's Edge, later in the program. But first, we welcome David Berno, Chief Sales Officer at Hub International. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you, Michael. No problem. Glad to have you on. As we were just saying, you know, Atri, their latest survey, placed insurance co- costs at the top five concerns for the trucking industry for fleets. So um, with fleets trying to protect their assets while being wary of high costs, you know, in, in your position as a, a major insurance brokerage, you know, what types of factors should fleets consider when choosing uh, an effective coverage plan? The most important factor, Michael, is that fleets, whether you're an owner-operator, a mid-sized fleet, or a large fleet, really entrust their insurance and risk management program with a reputable, trusted transportation insurance retail broker. Uh, you know, Hub is one of those, and there's others obviously out there. And it's it's the, most most fleets um, and and midsize large do work with with a specialist like Hub. Um, there are fleets out there though, and there are owner operators that really are working with agency broker partners that really have no idea on how to insure a trucking account or any type of transportation account. And because transportation is so sophisticated when it comes to safety and compliance uh, and, and to you know, drivers and, and all, all of that uh, information that's required, just the service appetite alone to service a transportation account between filings, certificates of insurance, uh, driver ads and deletes, vehicle ads and deletes, you, you really need from a fleet owner's perspective to entrust that program with a reputable insurance broker, that in itself will put you on the right way to lowering your costs. You know, one of the things, David, you know, just kind of being in this position, just, you know, talking to, you know, people in the industry and, and leaders, no matter the, the conversation, when it's technical or, or anything else, it always comes down to that, that personable relationship. You can talk about recruitment or retention, you know, you can talk about these other things, but it always comes down to that particular relationship. When you were just kind of getting to the uh, sophistication of data and service, especially to the owner operator, there are some um, owner operators that I spoke to, you know, that's one of the things that really tabs them up when it comes to insurance costs. It's just the, the, the premiums themselves and just kind of, uh, you know, getting a break on that. Can, can we kind of go more into that, just the, the relationship that, that one has with the, 
the broker because you know just kind of having that personal relationship and you know, kind of really uh you know take some 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 of the things some of the worriness out that that fleets have to that i mean is there something to that there absolutely is michael and it's a great point um especially from an owner operator's perspective in the simple vein that it's hard for them to pass off obviously we're going through inflationary times and with with drastic increases in fuel costs and fuel and compensation and insurance are three of the top costs that are involved. Obviously, the ATRI study pointed out that the concern really is an insurance cost. But as we all know, fuel is just a, a major cost. Owner operators need that trust and that partnership with an insurance broker that really understands that and, and understands all the other costs and, and, and all uh, the other details that are involved in putting together an account and uh, for for just a one unit account and and I, these these trucking companies as you well know work extremely hard to run an effective operation they can't be worried that their insurance program or risk management program or claims management program is with a broker that does not understand trucking or transportation yeah most definitely most definitely you know we kind of talked about the owner operator let's kind of talk let's talk about the uh the bigger fleets and and the, and the worries they have uh, one of the worries being you know nuclear verdicts and and reptile theory tactics used by some lawyers so um you know that's always a, a lingering danger for fleets you know um although that can't be 100 percent avoidable you know how can trucking companies better prepare and protect themselves from those particular legal situations you know we i, I sound sometimes like a broken record and uh you know when i when i talk about this the nuclear verdict the reptile theory and uh, plaintiff's attorney uh, that are very sharp and uh, they, they know exactly what they're doing. There's a lot of training and education and development that goes into that type of, uh, that type of lawsuit. Um, the, 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 the best and most optimum decision a fleet can make, a fleet ownership, and it starts with leadership, Michael, is to invest and develop a safety culture. And it's easy to say, right? You know, I, I talked earlier about how difficult it can be, whether you're an open owner, operator, midsize or large fleet, just to run and operate a, a transportation company profitably. Profit margins aren't that high. Um, we talked about the costs earlier, but I think if you invest, I, I know, I don't just think, I know from our relationship with our risk management team at Hub and our professional brokers, if you're consciously developing a safety culture from leadership to dispatch, to operational personnel, and obviously to the drivers that are pushing the equipment down the road, then you're gonna you you will in itself be moving in the right direction to get away from those type of nuclear verdicts. There's two other facets too, Michael, that we can talk about. The first is if you do have any type of incident, report that to your insurance company. Sometimes the and, and do it very quickly. Plaintiffs' attorneys like to get a hold of claimants early on in the process. And so if we have a claim uh, management process with our fleets, we ask them to get a hold of us early on, we'll report that claim, and we'll mitigate quickly. That The, the, the timing involved is essential to lowering that the, the prospect or opportunity for a nuclear verdict. David, you were just mentioning the timing of filing complaints. And, and just some of the things that, that fleets can do to protect themselves from those particular situations. But kind of taking a 10,000 foot view of it, you know, just sort of the, the factors involved and the rise of such verdicts and the tactics used by lawyers, what, what kind of needs to be changed to, to alter that and, and to improve those conditions so when accidents do happen, 
you kind of don't have these lawsuits that, that are threatening the businesses. And I guess keeping the legal battles in a, in a good faith type of uh, environment. I mean, there's, is, is there anything that can be done about that? Well, toward, you know, the, the, the American Trucking Association, Michael, state trucking associations, transportation trade organizations point to tort reform. And I think we all know that certain states are more litigious than others. And uh, we can tell from our insurance underwriting and the costs that are involved in putting together a transportation program for those types of trucking companies or other transportation companies in certain states. So I think tort reform is number one. And, and, and it's really up to uh, transportation companies to notify their legislatures. It's up to the legislatures you know, to work with state and, and national trucking associations and transportation organizations to really lead that effort into tort reform. There's a couple other uh, mitigating factors that transportation companies and trucking companies in general, Michael, can do. One of them is to purchase an excess or umbrella coverage over their regular underlying limit. It's, it's amazing. Um, and it's all based on their net worth, right, and capital and, and what they have at stake. But it's amazing to see that uh, transportation companies with the type of equipment that they run going down the road, how few of them really have any type of excess or umbrella coverage to fight these types of, of, of large uh, nuclear verdict type lawsuits. David, one of the things that you were just talking about, and you kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier, was the education process and all of this. And, and when I say education, I'm meaning you know, educating the client. So when a prospective trucking company or fleet owner or manager comes to you uh, with uh, about insurance and about uh, having insurance. What are some of the things that you've seen that maybe the fleet and the trucking industry in general needs to consider when when, when getting insurance? And what are some of the things that could, could blindside companies and, and, that, and involve you just educating that client? Well, you know, we talked about large claims, Michael, and nuclear verdicts. I, I think one of the most important facets of having early discussions with trucking companies and developing the relationship is really understanding the risk appetite. You know, everyone has a different appetite for risk, uh, whether you're an owner operator, a small fleet, a mid-sized fleet, a large fleet. Some are more likely to take higher deductibles. Larger fleets have an opportunity to have uh, auto liability deductibles and self-insured retentions. They can move into captives. Uh, depending on their financials in the state, uh, their domicile, and they could even look at self-insurance. So I think that's very important for a transportation broker to really talk one-on-one -on -one with, with ownership of, of a trucking or transportation company about exactly what their risk appetite is. A lot of times that not, that's not discussed. Cost is obviously a, a huge part of the insurance and risk man management equation, and we know that at Hub, but we really strive to really develop a program that makes sense for our decision makers at our trucking companies. You know, David, one thing when Seth and I, we, we interview people such as yourself and no matter what the issue is, I had said this earlier, but it always comes back to straight communication and having that relationship between the, the fleet and the vendor and or that particular service. And it's just uh, when you're breaking things down, as you just were, just kind of so simply when it comes, it comes down to that relationship, you know, but, but 
you know, we are living in 2022 and technology plays a lot into that. So uh, what I want to find out is, you know, just kind of the, the role that the telematics plays in all of this. You've talked about the simple relationship when it comes to uh, having an effective coverage plan, but the way that telematics is used in this particular industry is definitely some benefit for the trucking company. So if you can kind of elaborate on that and just talk about the role that technology has been played. No, I completely agree, Michael. I'm glad we, we came around to this. Telematics and technology plays such a pivotal role with transportation and notably trucking companies today. Whether it's camera technology or video, whether it's electronic logging devices, mobility, meaning you know mobile apps on your smartphone, on driver smartphones, all of that enables a transportation company to more effectively run their operation. It really uh, improves safety. Uh, everything I just mentioned, camera, ELD, mobility, lead to uh, following and tracking driver behavior, driver performance. If there is an incident, it's usually followed through uh, you know, on, on, and, and, and kept and saved, and it can help defense attorneys if plaintiff attorneys uh, go after our transportation companies in a claim scenario. Uh, telematics can, can monitor uh, route optimization. It can keep you away from congested areas. It can uh, map fuel optimization. I mean, the, the, it's, it's just endless. Uh, you know, we at Hub built our own uh, dashboard over the last 18 months, which features everything I just mentioned. And it's really a driver management client facing dashboard that incorporates telematics technology, uh, for the betterment and effectiveness of our motor carriers. You know, that's, it's definitely to have technology on your side when it comes to uh, having that, that particular coverage plan, because these, just like a, uh, a consumer, a residential driver uh, can have that, you know, that particular snapshot when, when they're in their car, you know, for, for fleets that have, you know, hundreds or, or thousands of units, you know, going out to the roads and, and knowing the, that, that driver data could really help uh, in, you know, having a good coverage plan that, you know, for most fleets, quite honestly, you know, they can have that for a cost that's, uh, that's uh, viable for them. So that's, that's definitely a, a godsend. We've been speaking with David Berno, Chief Sales Officer of Hub International. Dave, thank you for making us smarter and thank you for the conversation. Michael, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. Welcome back to Road Signs. We'll continue our talk about risk management and insurance with our next guest, Jane Jajrawi, co-founder of the online driver training provider, Carrier's Edge. Welcome to the show, Jane. Hi there. Nice to be here, Michael. Nice to have you on. Um, you know, um, just in this discussion about insurance, uh, you know, for, for our listeners here who are making those decisions about 
handling insurance. And they're probably asking, you know, why do we have an online training provider on? And you know, the- I know it's because training is the most exciting thing to ever talk about ever. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, I, it, I always say to people, training is not sexy, but, you know, unfortunately, but it is necessary and it can be really cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, training is cool. Le- learning is something, you know, if you're not uh, learning, you're not living. So just following that mantra, as, as I just mentioned, you know, Carrier's Edge, you know, you provide fleet training for, for drivers. And I, I kind of like uh, just in the description that, that I've read and just researching this, uh, you, you provide that particular service to drivers without sacrificing miles or requiring people to come in on the weekends. I, I like that phrase. That was that gets right to the point. So I, I just ask you just for the people listening, can you just explain the, the role of Carrier's Edge and just in, in providing online training and just kind of, uh, you know, how that helps uh, you know, reduce driver-related incidents and improves overall fleet safety and just kind of your role in that before we kind of get into things. Sure. I mean, I actually started as a classroom teacher that, you know, before I fell in love with technology in kind of the uh, mid nineties. And so that was when the internet was just starting to, to boom. So I kind of moved from what I call stand-up teaching, when you're standing up in front of a classroom, to kind of being behind the behind the camera and doing online. And so what we do, we don't do any classroom training at all. We focus on providing online training modules, and they can range from 20-minute modules to full, uh, you know, two-hour programs. And and then fleets can use them. So fleets purchase, we're kind of like a software as a service. So fleets purchase the entire library and then they can decide what they give to their drivers or, you know, who to assign based on terminal, based on route, based on whatever it is that they want to do. Okay. And we can kind of get into just, um, you know, how, how those particular programs are helping to reduce, uh, you know, accidents and, and just improve the overall um, safety for for a fleet and just kind of uh, you're rolling into that. The, the, the reason why I ask is, you know, those particular things come into play definitely when we're talking about insurance premiums and when, you know, the managers or the owners who decide those particular costs, um, you know, those particular factors come into play. So, you know, how, how does that help fleets um, with, with online training? Well, it's interesting because Online. I had this conversation at a at a big truck show that in um, Toronto that I was at a couple of weeks ago, and training itself is not going to affect your premiums at all. Like it's really not. If you ask a an insurer, they're just going to say, "Well, if you if you decide to sign up for an online training system and say, okay, I've done this, can I get a discount?" The answer is no. What the reason that insurers really like training programs is because it mitigates their risk and everything for the insurance provider is about risk. So if you do training in any form whatsoever and you have a solid training program and it can be done online or in person or, you know, in the yard, it doesn't really matter as long as that training program is something that is that is not just being done to check a box. So insurers really want to see that people are invested in training. And I always, even though I sell an online system, 
I am not interested in people only using an online system because only using classroom training or only using online training is not is not the answer either. Just because it's bright, shiny, and new doesn't mean it's going to work. So the there are some things that really uh, align themselves with classroom, and there are some things that really align themselves with online. And hey, I could go into that for you know a couple hours if you want, but I won't. <laughs> Well, I, I would love to, to, to get into it with you just for a few minutes. Sure, <laughs> um, I can do a few yeah. minutes. I'll do a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just kind of, I mean, and, and just kind of, um, you know, I, I mean, I can kind of talk about the, the, the general spacing of the internet, of thi- the internet of things and just kind of how that yeah. kind of plays a role. But, you know, you kind of brought up a good point with just kind of that, that particular training. Um, you know, what types of factors make into a in-classroom session versus an online session. And I know with the pandemic, you know, that kind of shifted the dynamic quite a bit. So how, how you know, especially as an online um, provider, you know, what, um, what type of factors do you, do you put into play when, when considering uh, you know, the, the types of things you would train online versus the stuff that you say, you know, as stand-up, stand-up teaching in an, in an in-room classroom? Online training is really, really good for increasing knowledge about a topic. So let's talk about distracted driving. That's a that's something that is kind of huge right now. So the online version of that is to talk about what distracted driving, like what is a distraction? Why is it happening to your brain? What uh, you know, what are the things that you can do to stop being distracted? I mean, the most simple thing is turn off your cell phone, but there's there's a whole whack of other things that can distract you. And so online training is great for that. It is not good for talking to people about their specific uh, their specific environments. So if you are, uh, you know, if you are looking at somebody's cab and sort of talking about your specific routes and, and things that would happen along your particular trips, you'd want to do that in a classroom. If you want to have a discussion, so it's about things that happen to a specific fleet, so your personal situation, but also talking to people. Classroom is amazing for group discussion and coming to kind of a consensus. When you are doing it online, you can say, hey, this is this is why this is important to you. But I mean, you're just you're just reading the words or listening to the audio. When you're in a group, that's when you can really gauge how gauge the like how connected people are to you. So you can see that body language. You can see when people are resistant to, you know, I'm gonna use my cell phone no matter what. So you can kind of look at the look at people and say, okay, well, why do you think that you need to use your cell phone right now? And have a discussion about it. Find out what other people have found with distracted drivers, what, um, you know, how you feel distracted. Does fatigue make you distracted? So that conversation, which is really, really important in making people feel like that they they have learned and participated and have a much better feeling about it. So I can provide you the basic knowledge. I cannot provide you with the interaction. I can't provide you with the the feeling of someone understanding why something needs to change or something needs to happen and, and getting the consensus from all of your people. That's a group thing. Transport topics in one word, authoritative. 
Knowledge. Outstanding. Reliable. We ask Transport Topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. You know, with, with online training, I mean, you, you provide much more than, you know, the training. There's also tracking to that. And there's also, you know, just knowledge testing. So um, are, are, are those things um, also just kind of continuing education? I mean, is that something that the fleets can kind of customize uh, when, when it comes to online training I mean, w with you guys? with Okay, so there's a couple of things, and you talked about insurance before. This is one of the things that insurance providers love is the fact that when you do online training, and most providers have this, is that you have the, you know, when they took it, they know how long the people were in it. We have the ability to look at the IP address of so geolocation, like we know where they were when they took the training. Um, also, um, you know, what the mistakes were, like people who got questions, the incorrect answers. And then we can, you can do a whole lot of follow-up just by looking at the incorrect answers on a test. And um, so that whole thing kind of goes into... Uh, I wouldn't want to say a driver file because a driver file is a little bit different, but the, the training records, if something happens on the road, all of those things can be uploaded. So if you have camera footage and you have all the training records, that can just be sent immediately. It's not, you don't have to wait around for that. And insurers really like that as well because they want that, they want to make sure that they can mitigate the risk. So they're very interested in that. And you can actually do, with our system, you can create classroom events and track the fact that people were there or not. So that tracking is also in there. So as much as you can track, we try to do in our system. You know, you're saying that, you know, that type of, of tracking uh, industry providers love that. Um, and, you know, Carrier's Edge partners with several insurance providers. Um, is, is that one of the criteria th that, that needs to be met to, to have a partnership with an insurance provider? I mean, is there something, I mean, I mean, is it that and, and much more when you do partner with a provider? I mean, is there a certain, uh, you know, you're, you're saying, you know, check, check in the boxes. Uh, does that apply to the partnerships that you have with the insurance companies? You know, right at the very beginning when we started, when we started the company, because we were in, we were kind of a generic e-learning provider for a while, and we were our customers were banks and insurance companies and that kind of thing. And the problem with that is that there's just so many, and one of the things that we wanted to do was was offer e-learning, and this was in 2006, so that we wanted to offer e-learning to companies that wouldn't be able to afford custom e-learning and were look and needed it. So trucking was geographically dispersed and or drivers are geographically dispersed and they need ongoing training. They sort of fit the criteria. So we, we started with this. And what we realized very quickly is that the insurance companies play a really big part in trucking. And so we started working, well, we started with one. So it, it was in Canada. Marsh Canada was our first insurance partner. And what they really value is a couple of things. Is it, 
it, they really like our content because it's quite thorough. We're not just talking about one single thing. So we don't have courses that are on how to put on your seatbelt. They're not five-minute courses. What we do is we try to look at the entire day of the driver and how do things fit into that. So if you're talking about um, we're talking about slips, trips, and falls, for example, as it's on the top of my head right now. We're talking, okay, well, when would you? Like, when would this happen? This would happen at the terminal. This would happen at um, delivery locations. You know, when would it happen during your trip? So we would kind of look at it in terms of, you know, your entire trip. When would this happen? And we tend to try to couch any topic that we're doing in what's happening in the real life of a driver, because that is the way that you connect with people when it's really hard to connect with people when you're just giving them online, you know, we're not talking to them. So you don't have that classroom thing. So what we're trying to do is to make the connection by saying, we understand what your day is. So here's how this particular topic relates to your day. And we also use characters as well. So we have other people who are participating in the same activities. So it's not, it's not, you know, you should do this person. It's Clyde and Rita are doing this and these are the issues that they see. It's not, it's not so directive, you know. You brought up a good point with just kind of the the online dynamic and just kind of the the internet of things and just, and, and how, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're helping position, you know, uh, fleets, you know, to, to working with the insurance providers, working with, with trainer providers. And, and Jane, I'm just going to ask you to put your analyst hat on. How do you feel that has kind of changed the game when it comes to online training and, and, and insurance providers, especially, you know, just kind of with, with telematics and, and, and things like that. But I just kind of wanted to, to talk about that and, and, and how do you see that uh, even evolving more into the industry in the next, you know, five or 10 years or so? I think that what's happening right now is that there's a lot of technology kind of being dumped on the, on the trucking industry. And Internet of Things is one of those, it's, it's just another, you know, Internet of Things is just, you know, where you're connected to everything. And all that technology is, is kind of like landing like a big anvil, like Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner. And <laughs> this is how I think of it. Because when we started in this industry, people were saying that drivers couldn't use computers. And that wasn't that long ago. It was like 15 years ago. And now every single piece of technology that you can think of that can be attached to a truck or a process or whatever is, is now, here you go, and it's all going to be done on your phone. So that's an immense amount of change. And what I'm seeing is that there are some companies who are dealing really, really well with it. And some companies that are like, okay, I'm just going to put this technology in, or I'm just going to use this technology. The difference between people doing it well and people not doing it well is not thinking about it as the bright, shiny new thing. There are very cool pieces of technology that can absolutely help you. Absolutely. But if you don't think about how you're going to implement that, you're going to you're going to fail. You may fail for a little while and then figure it out. 
but it's doomed to failure. People don't like having technology dumped on them and drivers are generally not asked about it. They're basically told, here's what you're going to use now. And if you don't consider the human factor in technology, then it's it's really hard to get a lot of people to be on board. So your um, turnover is going to increase and they'll tell you all kinds of things about why they're leaving, but your turnover will increase because of bad technology implementation. So insurers are going to also be looking at not about what bright, shiny pieces of tech you have, but what is your risk management program overall and how effective is it and what tools are you using in order to do the things that you should be doing anyway. So providing good training, you can use online training, you can use classroom training. The insurer doesn't really care that much, but if you are not able to do a good classroom program, they may say, why don't you try online? Or this program will help you, you know, cover a lot of material that you don't, you won't have to cover in class later. So you do it before you get into a classroom and then you can cover specifics. So there's, um, if you, and that's kind of my message, and I'm seeing this in the industry a little bit, is that everybody is distracted by technology and what the technology providers are saying that they can do for you. But you have, as a you know, as a business, you have to think, how does this actually fit in? And do I need this right now? You know, I, th- I think the, the, the phrase that, 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 that comes to mind for me is paralysis by analysis, <laughs> where, where <laughs> you have all this technology yep. and, and you have to make these decisions. And, right. and there's fleet managers out there that have to make the, those decisions of, of uh, you know, going with an insurance provider. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, you know, there's the, there's the factor of cost when it, when it, when it comes to that. You know, and, and Jane, before I, before we let you go, you know, I just kind of want to ask you about that. Just sort of, what do you say to those uh, particular fleets that that are wanting to, you know, have uh, you know affordable insurance costs? You know, they want to protect their drivers, but there's that clash with with, with you know monetary issues. Uh, you know, what do you say to to fleets like that who 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 are in that particular uh, predicament? I wouldn't start with what to buy. I would I would start with what do you have already and what do you want to beef up? Because one of the things that um, is really effective when you start trying to make changes is to don't eat the elephant all at once, right? You're going to do a little bit at a time. So look at your tra- look at what you've got for training now. Maybe it's nothing. And look at what you would like to do. So what training do you want to have? Look at training providers that way. So what kind of training do you want to provide? What's the, you know, go to some webinars. Everybody has free webinars now. So go and listen to some webinars. If you want to, if you're like everybody in the U.S. has ELDs already, but if you want to change your ELD, and this is really, really important, and I'm glad we left it to the last, you know, 30 seconds, is ask your drivers for input. So most technology providers will let you try something out for a while. Do a pilot project and include your drivers. Get your driver's buy-in, and I would say get the one who's the most resistant to everything and who hates everything. Get that person in a pilot of of any technology that you want to try. And if you can get that person, the grumpiest person, to say yes, 
then you would not believe how much easier it is to get everybody <laughs> else to say yes. And I've used this with software. This is not, I'm not making this up because when That's I- That's an used, interesting piece of advice. Mm-hmm, I, I used to do stand-up and I used to do a lot of um, software, like teaching people software. And the most resistant people are the ones who have not bought into the concept. If they don't like that concept and no one has tried to to tell them the benefits or tried to bring them on side, it, it's it's really hard. Yeah, that's a that's a nice piece of that's a nice nugget of advice there, Jane. We've been speaking with Jane Jazrowry, co-founder of Carrier's Edge. Jane, it has been a pleasure having you on. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. What can fleets and trucking companies do to best handle their insurance costs? And what type of factors to consider when doing so? As we heard from our guests, as providers of services, They understand that for fleets, the process of choosing the right insurance providers is not a task akin to checking in a box. There are plenty of concerns for managers to consider, from the large fleets and the owner-operators, whose businesses are literally make or break when it comes to finding the right type of insurance coverage for their trucking businesses. Fortunately, there have been improvements to better pinpoint driver tendencies through technology, telematics, data collection, and good old-fashioned communication via the classroom and honest discussions about safety and other important details that make one's trucking business go. Although the concerns that trucking companies have about proper insurance aren't going away soon, it's good to hear that there are businesses that are working to mitigate those issues and find solutions that keep fleets safe and, most importantly, in business. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, Share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read, them and res- we'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.